Thanks for joining us for today's message. Our mission here at Plum Creek is to help you experience intimacy with God, intentionality with family, and influence with others. Our hope is that what you hear today will impact and challenge you to love God and the people around you in a whole new way. We'd encourage you to check us out online at PlumCreekOnline.com to see how Plum Creek is impacting our community and what opportunities we might have for you or for your family to get connected. If you'd like to support the ministry we're doing here in Castle Rock, the two easiest ways are through our website, plumcreekonline.com give or via text. Just text any dollar amount to 720-606-5563. Thanks again for joining us today. And now we'll be entering into uh, the uh, Miller Partridge debate. And so I would ask the audience, please, if you would be remain completely silent uh, during this. You guys will each... Too soon, buddy. Too, too soon. It's too yeah. soon. Okay. All right. No. <laughs> it's not we, funny either, is it? It's not, right. Just tell them. Just tell them. It's not funny. <laughs> well, we are getting into a brand new series uh, entitled Trending, where you guys actually were able to submit questions to us. And we want to say thank you for submitting. We had an outpouring of questions. It was incredible just to be able to read through some of those and to see kind of where God has been stirring in you. Uh, and, uh, and, and know this, that as we went through the different questions, we realized that there were some of them. Uh, that we have done an, an entire message or maybe even an entire series on. And so some of the questions that you might have submitted uh, won't get answered during the trending series. Now, it's not that we have hate in our heart for you at all, okay? Don't, don't take it personally. Uh, but we wanted to give you some resources. If you wanted to go and check out some of these topics uh, and you wanted to know more about that, you could hear a, a, a little bit more in-depth uh, on that on the website. And so you can Feel free to go there and, uh, and check those out. Also, if you have other questions, we're still accepting questions. We would love to get those from you, uh, and you can send those in right here to that number. And uh, it might get make the make the cut next week, and so uh, we're excited about that. Now, know this going into this as we as we get started, we're not going to be able to answer every single question. We are not going to be able to e even offer a fully orbed, you know, plumb the depths type of response in the time that we've got up here. But hopefully our answers are going to provide <clears throat> a little bit of insight or maybe it even uh, provides a launching point for you as an individual or maybe for you as a Plum Creek group to really kind of dive into this and explore it uh, some more. Now, also. We're not seeking to, to make a theological battle dome, okay? We're not here to beat each, each other over the head uh, with answers, with truth, with all this kind of stuff. We're here so that we can spark conversation. We can provide uh, a space to be able to ask questions and, and hopefully uh, begin to seek truth together. And so that's, that's what we're doing. Uh, but in, in light of recent events, in light of this past week of, of some of the tension uh, that resides in our country, I wanted to give, uh, Doug, I wanted to give you uh, just an opportunity maybe to speak into some of the things uh, that you've seen this week. I'm not sure I know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, of course. Yeah, wow, what a week it's been uh, for all of us. And listen, I know there are uh, perspectives on both sides of the aisle, so to speak, and anywhere in between and all around. It's been a crazy, a crazy week for sure. Um, I would just want to say, first of all, if you weren't here last week when Gary shared the message that he shared last week, I, I would strongly encourage you to go on our website and to listen to that message. Gary 
great job. Thank you. I know politics is something you're passionate about, but you delivered a message for us that is the foundation and a bedrock to even build a response to the way uh, that things are happening in our in our culture right now and in, in our country. So thank you for, for um, just doing such an incredibly great job. If you missed it, please get on our website and listen to that. It was really, really good. Um, I would say that my heart is grieved uh, through the last days after this election for the way that there has been a response for whatever it is, and we could all have ideas for why this has happened, but the door that seems to have opened to folks acting in a horribly ungodly way with a racist kind of bigotry and response to others that doesn't reflect the heart of God at all is 100% unacceptable. I know I'm speaking to the choir here today, but listen, this, this has even hit our community in some ways. Uh, there was conversation at Pastor's Prayer last Thursday uh, that just broke my heart. Um, we have a pastor in town that was born in Africa and shared some of the things that have happened with uh, his family and his children, and it grieves my heart, guys. We have to do life different. We have to love the way Jesus does, and listen, that is not okay, and so we need to make sure that we're responding with with hearts to this situation that is loving and caring for people, even people that don't agree with, you know, your ideas. And I know that that, that doesn't all, obviously, listen, this is, this is a important time in our nation for us to pray. That's what we're supposed to do. We're called to do that. Uh, none, of, none of what's happened over the last week is any surprise to our God. He's still on the throne. And our mission remains the same. Uh, nothing has changed. We continue to live the gospel in this community that, we, that we're blessed to live in and in this great country that we're blessed to live in. So that's, I guess, what I would say. Uh, Gary, you have anything else you'd want to add? I would just echo everything you've said, and, and let's just continue to pray. I mean, Especially it, uh, the part about the good message. Yeah, yeah, I think that's yeah, what that's <laughs> Say that again. <laughs> Uh, but let's just let's keep praying. I mean, we talked about last week, you know, pray instead of provoke. And, and one thing we can celebrate, so proud of you guys. You guys always rise up to the challenge. Uh, over 30,000 impressions on social media so far of getting that message out of pray instead of provoke. So let's just continue to do that and, and know that there are hundreds, probably thousands of our, of our friends and us praying for our country. Yeah. Let's dive in uh, to our questions, and the first one that, uh, that, that came in that we're going to kind of tackle today and wrestle with is, uh, what about individuals uh, that might not ever uh, hear the message about Christ? So maybe it's, somebody, maybe it's somebody that's off in a jungle somewhere, but they've never been exposed uh, to the gospel. Well, they have an opportunity uh, to go to heaven. Uh, sometimes frame, like, what about the, the innocent native yeah. in Asia or in, or in Africa, some remote village? And, and I love that scripture answers this for us so that we don't need to make stuff up and just get up here and, and give, up, give opinions. So if, if you're taking notes... Um, I just encourage you to write down Romans chapters 1 through 3 and, and read that later today. We're not going to be able to go into all the details. I'm just going to summarize it for us. But that's where, that's where the Apostle Paul gives us the answer. And, and he basically says people are not held accountable uh, for what they don't know. People will be held accountable for what they do know. And uh, Paul summarizes that everyone knows there is a God. This is primarily in chapter 1. Everyone knows there's a God. You just look around at creation and you know that there's a God. He also says our conscience tells us that there's a God. Regardless of your faith, even if you're religious or not, you have a conscience. You have this idea of right and wrong. And, and 
if we do, do something wrong, we just by nature know that we're accountable to someone for that. So that's what Paul says. He also says that we purposefully try to suppress this knowledge of God. That we don't want there to be a God because if there's a God, then we know that we're accountable to him. And so we, he uses the word suppress or it could be reject or just kind of ignore because we want to be in charge. We don't want some God telling us what to do. And then Paul also says that we willingly violate our conscience. We know what's right and, and we try and hold other people uh, uh, you know, up to what we think is right and wrong. But we willingly don't even live up to what we believe is right and wrong. And, and so people are not held accountable for what they don't know. They're held accountable for what they do. So listen to this. People don't go to hell because they never heard the gospel. People will go to hell because they rejected what they knew about God. And so that's why it is so, so important that, that we tell others about Jesus. There is no innocent native in Africa. We are all guilty uh, before a holy God. And that's what makes uh, the news of, of the gospel of Jesus Christ so huge. And so, Doug, I know that's why we exist. Talk to us about why we exist and why so, we do missions. Yeah, I mean, you guys know we talk about it all the time. We have, you know, the, this GFO life we talk about. We wear armbands and T-shirts and sweatshirts, and we talk about it every week. We're reminded when we come in here that we're living on mission. And the last part of that is the others piece, that we have a responsibility. And I think uh, some of this question um, we have to even remember, and obviously this week is a great example, that we are living in a very post-Christian culture, even here in the United States in so many ways. And we have a responsibility because there are so many that don't understand the very simple basics of the gospel. They don't understand the good news. And so we're called, and, and God, God has put us here on purpose, on mission, to live the gospel here and to care about the, the, the message of the gospel going global. And so we need to know about, care about, pray about, give and go to these other places all over the world. And there's lots of ways uh, that we can redeem technology to be able to help spread the message of the gospel. There's ways that we can make a difference in individuals' lives. We're doing that as a church by uh, sponsoring children and caring for kids on the other side of the world and supporting ministries that are reaching into some of the darkest places on our planet to be able to, um, to see the gospel message moving forward. So we, we need to live on mission here, and we need to live on mission globally. And the only way that Plum Creek will do that well is if you do that. So we all do that together, and the multiplicative kind of um, energy that can be part of that reach far exceeds anything we could do on our own. And that's why God calls the church to live on mission. So this is a great question, and I would say on the heels of this question, we each need to ask ourselves, what are we doing? What are we doing to help reach those that need to know the good news? And, and I know what, what some of you are thinking because I used to ask this question as a, as a teenager in, in youth group or Sunday school all the time. You're, you're thinking you still haven't answered the question. You've talked about knowing about God, but what if they have never heard about Jesus? And again, I think scripture just gives us the answer. And that's that um, God has a heart that everyone would find him, that God wants everyone to be saved. So we know that is true about God, but we also know that God will not save everyone, but that he is eager to save anyone. 
And so God, and this is, again, found in Scripture, God will always give more revelation to those who desire to know more about this God that they know exists. God will always reveal more and more about himself. How could that happen? A missionary could show up in that remote village. Uh, Bibles could be delivered overseas to those places. They hear Christian radio. The whole reason Christian radio was developed, you know, 50, 60 years ago was to get the the gospel on, on the airwaves. And God can also move supernaturally, and we see this happen in, in the scriptures. The story of the Ethiopian eunuch. He knows about God. He's reading about God. He knows nothing about Jesus. So God supernaturally moves, and he tells Philip, you need to run up to that chariot and tell that man the story of the gospel. And he believes, gets baptized, and, and comes, comes to know Jesus. We also have the story of the, uh, Cornelius, the Roman centurion, knows about God, doesn't know about Jesus. So God gives him a vision. And in that vision, uh, he tells him, you need to find a man named Peter who is living in this same city. He has a message for you. Peter, he finds Peter. Peter shares the gospel. His entire household, friends, relatives come to know Jesus, get, get baptized. And we also have modern-day stories of what's going on in, in the Middle East where in Muslim countries where the name of Jesus is not known, Jesus is showing up in dreams and visions, telling people, calling them out, you need to come follow me. Those people come to know him, start telling others. So God is totally in control. He will not save everyone, but he is eager to save anyone, and God will always give further revelation to those who are seeking for it. Uh, Mr. Partridge, your time is up. Um, <laughs> no, that, that's great. Uh, next question uh, that we've got, and uh, this is probably one that I think every single one of us can relate to on some kind of, uh, of level. When I, when I talk about uh, how do we relate well uh, to a prodigal? How do we relate well uh, to maybe a family member that has is, is kind of turned their back on relationship with a, with a family and maybe with God? And so uh, we're going to dive into how do we how do we do that? How do we how do we navigate that? But I don't want to assume that everybody knows uh, when I say prodigal what that means. And so Doug, where does where does that come from? So um, there's a story that Jesus told to help us understand the heart of God about a dad who had a son who asked for his inheritance early and then split. And he left and kind of, kind of uh, like was disrespectful and just took off. And uh, the story is really about the heart of God, the heart of this father that eagerly waits for his son to come back and then warmly receives him when he does. So that's the idea. And most of you probably know that, but some that don't read the story. Yeah, and I think anytime we, uh, we get into a situation where we are interacting with a prodigal or we have a prodigal that is, that is a part of our, of our family, we need to, when we look at this story, we've got to look and capture, okay, what did the father do? How did the father react? What was his spirit like? What was his emotions like? Because when you look at this, uh, the, the emotions that you see from the father, you see joy, you see sorrow, you see expectation. What do you not see? anger, right? It's not like that the son, the prodigal son, when he was coming home, uh, he held up just this long sheet of grievances of every area where you have messed up and, and you better get on board with all this stuff before you set foot back onto my property. It wasn't that at all, right? He was saying, I want you to come back. It doesn't matter. And I think we've got to capture the spirit of the father, uh, 
so much more uh, than we need to capture. Maybe even some of the anger that is wrapped up in and, and around maybe some of the activities or some of the things uh, and events that went on. Because I think in order to do this, we've got to ask God, okay, what matters most to you? What is it, God? Just kind of imprint on my heart what matters most to you because that's what I need to care about more. I need to care more about this than I need to care about behavior. And so make sure that we are, whenever we are, what we're fighting for, we're fighting for what God cares about most. And then for, for some of us, it means that we've got to let down some guilt. Like maybe you have a guilt as a parent uh, that you kind of have messed things up. And I don't know how this uh, ended up, how we ended up here to where we're not talking, to where they're away from us. Uh, I don't know where that happened, but man, I, I just carry this, this guilt around. And man, I've got some other kids that, that, that we did it right with, and this one just, he, he just didn't get it. Well, know this, and this is what gives me a lot of hope, is that God had a couple of kids, Adam and Eve, right? Perfect setting. Didn't have any pressures of the world, didn't have any sorrow, nothing horrible. But what did they do? They were still turned away from him. They were still broken relationship. And so that gives me a lot of hope that, you know what? Even though, even if I could go back and I could do it all over again, I think I would just make different mistakes, right? It's not that we would go back and we would get it completely 100% right. So you've got to let down that guilt and continue to hope and continue uh, to, to, to truly just pray uh, for them and pray for reconciliation. I would say this too, what I really appreciate the opportunity to be part of this church and to know some of you and to know some of your stories and for us to be able to do life and share life together, whether it's in the context of Plum Creek groups or just relationships, is that this is a safe place to have a conversation about this. And that's not always what you see in the context of a local church. And that bothers me for a lot of reasons. First of all, um, we, we all have had these crazy paths. I know all of us haven't had like squeaky clean paths to get to where we are today, to where we love Jesus and where we understand his love for us and we're striving to live for him. And when we look back, we know that there's some windy roads back there for all of us in some ways. And so if we have a loved one, a friend, a, a, a child that is kind of off the path, so to speak, a little bit, seems as though might be described as a prodigal, this needs to be a safe place to have a conversation of support. Hey, we're praying together. Let's believe this together. And and let me say this about Plum Creek. This must, please look at me, this must always be a prodigal-friendly church. There is nobody that wants to attend a church that is not prodigal-friendly, especially if you have a prodigal, right? And so that means that we do this different. If you think you're that great, you're not, and we need to tell you that. Because you're not, and we need to remind each other of that. We don't live with spiritual pride. We don't judge others. We don't point fingers and shake our head and mutter things under our breath. We welcome with open arms those that are coming for the first time or coming back again. That's the way this place has to be. That's the kind of church I want to pastor, and that's the kind of church I know you guys want to be part of. So we need to have this mentality. And I think it's also important, to Gary talk about this. There really was not just one prodigal. There were two. And the second one scares me even more than the one that you can see left. Does that make sense? Gary, talk about that for a minute. Yeah, just real quickly. The, the elder son was there all the time. And he was not happy at all with the way his father responded to the, to the younger son coming back. Uh, but the, the older son was missing the heart of the father just as much. He just stayed home. He looked the part. He played the part. But he was not 
understanding uh, the grace and love of, of his heavenly father. Yeah, and when the prodigal comes home, you better hope and pray that they see the spirit of the father before they see the spirit of the elder brother. That's what we want. That's what we want to, them to, to, to be greeted with right at the beginning. And Let me, we, I'll just finish yeah. with this. The positivity of the father in that story is really what we need. We, it, listen, following Jesus is about getting the heart of the father, period. And if we can get his heart, this thing gets solved. Because with expectation, we're looking and knowing that he was waiting, waiting with expectancy for the prodigal to come back. And so when we talk to those that are wandering, we don't speak negativity into that. And I tell my, Zach will tell you, I tell my kids this all the time. I don't want my faith to just be their faith because it's dad's faith. I want this faith to be his faith. And the only way that that can happen is that he gets to a crossroads point in his life, and all of our kids are the same, where they make a decision to own this faith for themselves. We all have to get to that place. And I tell Zach and I tell our other kids, when you get there and when you figure that out, and they're definitely on the road to that, Zach, you will be dangerous for the cause of Christ. And that's what I'm expecting because I believe that of you, and I believe that's what God wants to do through your life, and not just for Zach. But for each of our kids and each of us that are on this journey to get to that place where faith becomes ours is what it's all about. Whatever it takes, make my son, dear God, dangerous for the cause of Christ. Yeah. And just a, just a verse to hang on to, Romans 12, 12 uh, in this. And it, and it kind of gives us a guideline of, of guiding our spirit. We've got to, it says in that, rejoice in our confident hope. Have hope that this is going to be reconciled. Don't lose hope. The father never did. He, he kept patiently waiting. Be patient in trouble. There, it might get worse before it gets better. And then keep on praying. The biggest thing you can do is keep on praying because that enables you to tap into the spirit inside of you to be able to do and to be able to react in the way that you need to and to have this, this heart of the spirit. I mean, heart of the father. Uh, all right, moving on. Next, next question. Um, you know, we see a, a, people asked, you know, there's such a difference, seems to be a difference between God in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Why is the God in the Old Testament so angry, right? I mean, like, why is there this dichotomy of vengeful God in the Old Testament and merciful God in the New Testament? Well, the first thing I would say, scriptures, and there's dozens, just describe that God does not change. So God is the same in, in both the Old and, and the New Testament. What we're seeing is what is known as, as progressive re revelation or this progressive uh, idea of God revealing himself through historical events and through his, through his relationship with people throughout history. And the way I like to think about it is in, in Genesis, we, we learn and know about God, but in Exodus, we learn and know about, uh, we learn more about God. Things that we didn't know in Genesis, we learn in Exodus. And then when we go on to Le Leviticus, we learn more about God there, and it just continues to be revealed and, reve and revealed. Uh, both Testaments describe a God of love and compassion. Both Testaments describe a God of justice and righteous wrath against sin. Emphasis might be different. The Old Testament, God is laying out how horrible and terrible it is to reject God and to live against his laws. And in the New Testament, we then see his answer to our rebellion against, against God. But there is still a, a love and compassion and righteousness and, and justice in both in both testaments. In fact, in, in the Old te tes Testament, we see that God has made a way for forgiveness. It, it's the sacrificial system. So uh, 
uh, animals are being sacrificed. Their blood is, is being uh, poured out for the forgiveness of sins. But it is also learned, not only in, in uh, Scripture, but by experience, that just doesn't feel like it takes care of it because I sin again and I mess up again and it just goes on and on. And when we get to the New Testament, then we're told that Jesus, perfect Son of God, both God and man, becomes the final substitute for our sin, the final substitutionary atonement. And uh, because of that, uh, we can be made right with God. So Kyle talked about that yesterday just a little bit, the whole like getting in as a kid thing. Talk about that in a minute. Yeah, I, I think it, it, it's almost like a natural progression for when you're a little kid, you, you almost think that your parents are there and put on the face of the earth to oppress you and just to tell you no. You know, it's like, you've got to tell me no, and there's leads to fights, and you're not letting me do what I want to do, and so I just see you in this way of, of being angry with me and being angry all the time. And it's what's amazing is as you progress through life and you get to the different stages of it, there comes a point where you look back and you go, man. My mom and dad, they truly did love me. Exactly. Like, it, wasn't, it, wasn't just, it wasn't just that they were, they were, they were wanting me to, to, to just think that life is horrible, uh, but they truly loved me, and it was the best way that they could love me. And so you, you begin to, and you're able to see it as the progression of the relationship goes on. And so I, I think that it mirrors what God is. I would say, too, we just have to be careful because it's easy to go soft on sin, right? We can't do that. Sin separates us from God. We're never going to go soft on sin here. It separates you from God, and it's going to wreck your life. And so we want to talk about God's love and God's grace and his mercy and the way that he walks. Yes, 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 yes. But if you sin, you're going to understand the wrath of God. You're going to see separation from him, and you're going to have to pay the consequences of that. And, and we don't want that in our lives. And so we have, to be, we have to be careful. We have to understand that God does, as Gary said, never change. He is the same God in the Old Testament as he is in the New Testament. And uh, we, we kind of grow in our understanding as we see this progression throughout Scripture. So it's probably a great reminder that it would be a good idea to read it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, let's quickly, let's, let's tackle one more. All right. Uh, let's do this. Uh, I think if there's, the question was, is, is how do you know what God's will is and whether or not you're in it? So a couple of thoughts that I would share first, I think. That in conversations I've had and even living my own life and making decisions and coming to those moments where we're trying to discern the will of God. The first thing I would tell you is that, um, I guess I just said it and I'll say it again. Please hear me. You need to read this. Because this book is, is uh, providing for you an opportunity to know how to make some decisions. And when you do what this book says, you're going to be avoiding a lot of pain and agony and it will help you to, I would say, the biggest decisions of your life that you have to make are in here. So make sure that you've read it. And if you don't know whether the Bible talks about something, then we need to learn how to look those things up. And I'd love to teach you. We can teach you here at church uh, or ask. Ask us, does the Bible talk about? And you just ask. Ask your small group leaders. Ask those that are helping you kind of walk through things. Ask your, um, your youth leader students that, so that they can help you unpack Scripture so you can understand it. Um, and I think a lot of times we make mistakes because, listen, scriptures tell us this, uh, his sheep hear his voice. And if you want to know how to make wise decisions, stay close to Jesus and you'll hear his voice. He'll help you. You'll, I tell my kids that all the time. You know, there's a, there's a voice that happens that you, if you learn, we talked about this before, develop big ears to hear the voice of God. When you hear his voice, he's going to tell you 
when, when you're doing something you shouldn't, or he'll help you to know how to make a decision that will, um, that will help you to make wise decisions. And we need to learn to listen to the voice of the shepherd because we will know his voice when we're close to him. We spend time with him. We'll understand his heart. We understand what he said. I promise that's the hugest piece of this, if that's even a word. Stay close to Jesus. Stay close to Jesus. Be in relationship with him. You'll hear his voice. I promise you it will happen. Yeah, and I would just echo all of that and, and, and just say there are, like he said, most of our decisions, we will find the answer in the Word of God. How to be a good husband, a good, a good wife, a good child, how to handle our finances, how to handle family relationships, work relationships. So much is just right in there. Uh, but there are times when, when we're like, well, what job should I take? Or uh, we're looking at schools as, as a student. What, what school should I decide? And then I, I think, what is the wise thing to do? That could be a question. Uh, you know, as you look at those uh, uh, places, where do I have more opportunity to be who I really am? Uh, get godly counsel, not just counsel, but godly counsel from people that love Jesus, your parents, friends, relatives. Let them help speak into that. Look at the circumstances. Is God kind of opening doors or closing doors? And so I think God uses, uses all, of, all of that, but most of our answers to God's will are black and white. Yeah, and, and I think a, a good thing to, to look at, and I tell students this all the time, uh, who are paralyzed by trying to get every single detail right and all the little places that I, if I go here, I'm going to mess it up. One is this. I think you cannot be outside of God's will if you're pursuing intimacy with him and if you're making him famous. You do those two things, and you're smack dab in the middle of God's will. You can't get out of it. If you're, if you're growing in a relationship with him and you're sharing him with others, you're in there. And so then when it comes down to it and you don't know, I need to go here or I need to go here, look at the place that is going to foster your growth to become that and to do that the best. And there's your choice. And go there. And be confident in there. Don't be paralyzed. Sometimes God is just waiting for us to, to step out and to take that step of faith and go, you know what? You're going to grow and you're going to make me famous right there. And so go and do that and be confident in who I've called you to be. And, uh, and I think that can, can help us uh, because here's the deal is we're finite beings and we cannot mess up God's infinite will, right? If we could mess up God's will, I don't know if he would be God, right? But you can screw up your life. But yes, yes, you can. You can miss out on what God has for you. But I don't think you can mess up ultimately his, his perfect and pleasing will. I've talked about this before. Pray James 1.5. It's one of my favorite verses. And it says, if you ever lack wisdom, ask, and he'll give it without finding fault. And that'll be later today. That'll be right now. That'll be later this week. You have an appointment. You have a meeting with somebody. You're in a class. You're in a conversation, in a relationship, whatever. James 1.5 me, God. James 1.5 me. Give me wisdom. Help me to know what to do. Help me to know what to say. And I think that will help us a ton to be able to just stay sensitive to him. And then I've said this before, pay very close attention to the first thought you have in the morning. Um, and I have personally experienced that most oftentimes I have really a great certainty that that came from the Lord because I haven't had time to jack it up. And so um, pay, pay close attention. And I'm a morning guy, so maybe if you're not a morning guy, it's something different, but Pay attention. Write down those thoughts when they come, those promptings, those leadings. I know God speaks today. I know he does. And he wants us to be able to discern his will in our lives. And so as we continue to seek him, uh, his sheep will know his voice. Well, Doug, why don't you, uh, why don't you go ahead and, and, and pray for us and, and close us out? Um, before I do, thank you for your questions, guys. Yeah. Um, we don't want to uh, 
ever think that this is a faith where we have to check our brains at the door. We, we need to keep exploring, and I would challenge you to continue to do that. Uh, in saying that, be careful what you read on the Internet, because not everything you read on the Internet is true. And uh, you Google some of these questions, you're going to find lots of different perspectives that are not biblical. So make sure you start with your Bible and uh, read it and uh, stay close to him, okay? So great questions. We'll, we'll answer a couple more next week. Let's, let's pray. Father, thank you um, that you are with us. Like Kyle said, thank you that we can't, if we're continuing to seek you and working very hard to make your name great, we can't mess up your will doing that. That's what you call of us to do. And we need to hear that challenge in the, the state of affairs in our nation today. Lord, I know that, um, that each of us need to check our hearts and we need to be cautious before we, before we forward, before we post, before we communicate. Lord, let us have the heart of the Father. And uh, Lord, help us as Christ followers to do this well. Help us to love like you've called us to love. And, and uh, Whether it's in some of these questions that we've talked about today and knowing how to, how to deal with a prodigal or knowing how to discern your will, um, knowing how to respond to an election. Uh, Father, we, we just ask that we would do life differently and that others would take notice. Uh, Father, I pray for, for Plum Creek to be a church that it doesn't just have a place where people gather, but a place where, where we are launched together back into this valley to make an impact for you. And then, Lord, with this kind of understanding that we've talked about as well, that we would not just talk about living God, family, and others, but we would, that we would actually live that way, and that it would be more than just words, God. It would be a passion in terms of the way that we live. Uh, so as we've talked today, Lord, we, we understand that really, ultimately, what we need more than anything else is to truly understand your heart. And that we wouldn't just understand it in our minds, but it would settle deep into our hearts and it would impact us so that we would live with the same heart that you have, that the heart of the Father would become Doug's heart, would become each of the hearts of those that are here today. So help us to do that this week. We love you, Lord, and we need you. There will be times this week where we need to hear your voice. So help us as we grow closer to you to sense and know your voice and to have the courage to follow it. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray together. Amen. Amen. If you made a decision to follow Jesus for the first time today, congratulations. We are so excited for you, and we'd love to equip you with some resources, some next steps, and a complimentary gift. Just text the word FAITH to 40650. And if today you just need to talk to someone or would like to have someone pray with you, you can call our church office at 303-663-1714 and one of our pastors would be happy to spend some time with you. From everyone here at Plum Creek, have a great day.